I am very excited about today's call, but before we begin, we have Jesse Ledoux, our queen of coaching with our product of the week. Jesse, tell us about the new product that you discovered. Hey, Stephen. Well, this week's product is an essential for not just pageant contestants, but for anyone, really. It's the Private Eye Primer from Rain Cosmetics. And you all know that person that that wears eyeshadow and it gets into their creases or wears off and one eye looks darker than the other. This primer is your go-to. So what it does is it goes on before your eyeshadow to make sure that your shadow goes on evenly and then it stays on all night without creasing. So there's different calibers of primer, right? So Rain Cosmetics is more the higher end, but can you kind of tell us what makes it high end and how a girl can really differentiate between a lesser quality brand and a high quality brand like Rain? So the telltale sign for a great primer is staying power. And some primers like drugstore primers, I mean, they're they're good for everyday wear, right? But for pageant girls, if you have an appearance or if you're on stage, there's a lot going on and you're quick changing and you're touching your face. It's hot. You've got to oil blot yourself and that happens. But so you need a primer that will really last the test of time. And rain is just made of really quality ingredients that will stay all day long through all different types of conditions. Okay. So can you give us a skinny behind this? Like where they can find it? Is there shipping costs, like rebates or anything like that that you can give us? Sure. So um, for most pageant contestants, they know Rain Cosmetics was developed for the pageant community. So you know it's the best on the market for us pageant queens. You can always find it at our shop, shop.thepageantplanet.com. Always free shipping. And the best news is, is it's free returns for up to seven days. So if you get it, you try it out. It's just not your speed. It's no risk. But I can probably promise you that you're not going to want to return this baby once you get it. So free shipping, and it actually only costs $24.99. And that might sound like a lot for a primer, but think about how much you wear eyeshadow. You wear it every single day probably, right? So every single day, it's a daily investment, and you want something high quality that will last. I mean, do you have an estimate, and it probably will depend on how big the girl's eyes are, how thick she puts it on, but do you know <laughs> like kind of how long this thing will last? So it's... Almost two ounces, which is a pretty sizable amount for a primer. Um, But if you use it every single day, you're definitely going to get some great daily use out of it. Um, But you only need a tiny, tiny bit. It's primer, and it's made of such great ingredients that you don't need to slather it on. You just need a really thin layer distributed evenly from the corner of your eye all the way up to your eyebrow to to the crease and the bottom corner of your eye to make sure it stays. So you're really not using this product a ton. And again, it's it's 1.7 ounces, so almost two, which is actually a great qual- a great quantity for cosmetics. Oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, I've got face cream that's two ounces, and that lasts me months. So, um, like the the whole night cream routine. Of course, I've got beards, so I don't have to use my whole face. All right, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Thank you for sharing, and as always, thank you for the discovery. Of course, enjoy the call. Welcome to the Pageant Planet Podcast, where we help you succeed in pageantry. Now, here's your host, Stephen Roddy. Hailing from Texas, Ms. Earth 2016, Rachel Fikes is a former Army captain, author, and ambassador for Souls for Souls, an organization committing to fighting world poverty with a background in pageantry as the executive director of the Mrs. and Ms. Earth organization. She is here to tell us how to spot the warning signs of a non 
reputable pageant. So Rachel, welcome to the call. Hi, Stephen. Thank you for having me. It's such an honor to be on your show. Oh, that's my delight. Now, I mean, you had a pretty interesting experience that accumulated to this particular interview. So tell us a little bit about your firsthand experience as a judge um, and kind of build some context around this particular interview. Well, of course, Steve. And so uh, recently I was a judge in another country and, you know, having the pageant background, I've never experienced something like this. I've always, I've, I've always been raised, you know, give people the benefit of the doubt, right? So I sit down on the judging panel and I look over and the owner slash director of the pageant has already written the, uh, the winners in the scorecard. And I'm like, uh, what's going on here? <laughs> Why do you even have me here? And, you know, I kind of, so, uh, what's, what's the point of me sitting here? Well, you know, it's just for, uh, it's just for good looks. And I said, awesome. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least you, at least you got that compliment out of the deal, right? <laughs> I'm glad to be their pawn. Not. <laughs> so then naturally this was upsetting and, and you actually ended up walking out of the pageant because you're like, well, if I'm not going to judge, I'm, I'm out of here. True American I style. I like it. <laughs> all dramatic and everything. Right. Um, yeah, I was, I, I couldn't, I couldn't stand for, you know, um, having, having competed, I can't even imagine, uh, having my crown stripped away from someone that, you know, bought their crown. And that's basically what, what they do. That's what I found out is, uh, the crown goes to the highest bidder there. So whereas we are brought up and we've been in some amazing pageants where, you compete and the best girl wins at that time with that panel of judges. It's not so much in certain places. It's uh, who has the money. And that was very, um, it made me very distraught and very disheartened. And so when I came back to the States, I was like, Stephen Roddy, we need to have a chat. <laughs> and here we are. Here we are to, to help here other girls for warning signs. And yeah, I've had my share of experiences too. And it is a very important topic. There are warning signs and we're going to uncover them now. So, how should a first-time contestant or parents who are on the lookout for their daughter for a pageant, where should they start? Well, first off, uh, you have to go to some trusted pageant directories. Obviously, like the pageant planet, and that's you know not just like uh, making you look good, Stephen, but that's who I turned to when I originally started competing. I mean, you guys have everything that you could possibly need, and you have trusted people trusted pageants that are listed on that directory. And then you also, you've de developed this pageant squad, right? This network of people that either have competed in pageants or they've had family in pageants. And what an amazing treasure to interview coaches. Those guys have been around for forever, right? They know everything about the pageant industry. And so if you have any questions, any concerns, anything that seems uh, not right, those guys are the ones to turn to. They'll turn you in the right direction. Now, what are some of the major warning signs that a pageant just isn't what they seem? So the first one, the major one, and this sets the tone for the whole pace, is the director, right? If they're unresponsive, if they take months to respond to your emails, uh, pageant, pageantry, it is a business overall, right? So you're, you're investing in their business. Would you want to invest with someone that takes months at a time to get back with you? Um, also along those lines, this is all along with the director, right? So maybe you look at the website and it doesn't reflect current information. It's a couple years old. They haven't used their social media handle maybe in a year or two. 
the venue is not booked. Uh, the information keeps changing about time and place. And then when you ask the director questions, they are super vague about everything. Those are all uh, leaning up to something that's not going to be what you want to compete with. Yeah, it's it's been my experience how people do some things is how they do everything. So um, if somebody, and check their social media profiles, if somebody is constantly stirring up drama, stirring up strife in the industry, or just making very opinionated comments, that's pretty much how their pageant's going to be run too. Um, if people are unresponsive or disorganized in how they reply to you via email or returning phone calls or getting you the information that you need, then you can bet your bottom dollar. That's how their organization is going to be run. So certain things like that leading up, it's it's a tell sign. And I mean, as a business person, I use those tell signs to discover if I want to go in partnership with this person, if I want to do business with them long term. And as a pageant girl, you are your business. And so you have to use those same warning signs to make an executive decisions. And I mean, you know this as a director and as also a competitor, there's so many different pageants out there. So you don't need any one particular one. It's not like your chances of being a, a title holder are going to be reduced. There's a lot of competition. So, um, yeah, that's my two cents. You want someone who is going to treat you with respect. And for me as a director, if someone emails me and is truly interested in the pageant, uh, I have a rule that I, I try to respond as soon as possible. I have this crazy schedule right now where I work nights. I'm actually going to bed after I talk to you, Stephen. But um, I try to respond to them immediately, at least within 24 hours, because that's just a sign of respect. And you want to show that uh, future possible delegate that you are a uh, organized pageant and you care about your delegates and that's how you're going to be. That's the tone that you're going to set for your entire organization. That's great. So when you get people that aren't like that, <laughs> yep. yeah, it's just set back a little bit. How can new pageant participants avoid being taken advantage of? So my, my favorite thing, research, 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 you know, like what I mentioned before, looking through all of those things, making sure that they just look credible in the first place and kind of leaving like a, a Hansel and Gretel trail instead of breadcrumbs, a paper trail, you know, signed contracts, making sure you get a, res, a receipt invoice for any payments that you make. And then again, referring to that pageant network that you, uh, you find reliable, that's credible. Well, that's the reason why I started the directory in the first place, because there was no unified factor online that girls could go and compare all the different pageant organizations, apples to apples. So we're the only place online where you can say, I'm 17 years old. I want to compete in a pageant that has talent. What are my options? And then the options filter out and then you can read reviews on them. So yeah. my encouragement, I'm sorry, <laughs> go ahead amazing directory that you have. Thank you. It was crazy amounts of work. And I just made a, another <laughs> tweak to it tomorrow, which is, or yesterday, which is going to be, make it even better. Um, but the, the thing is, if the pageant isn't in the directory and they're not willing to put their system out there in order to get reviews or to get exposure, my question is why? I mean, it's free to be in the directory. And you can also receive free leads directly from your profile, girls that's interested. Um, and then there's other advertising options too. But it's like, if they're not even willing to put their pageant up there for free, why? Um, so if the pageant isn't in the directory, if you can't find it, and if you're not 
if it's not televised, then that's a big warning sign. Um, and the other thing is just because it's a reputable organization, like, you know, I think we would all agree, Miss America and um, Miss Universe USA, they're reputable organizations, but every pageant director is their own isolated business. So that doesn't right. make it like just because it's a good name, it doesn't mean that all, let's say, several hundred local state pageant directors that Miss America has, it doesn't mean that all organizations are, are great. It just exactly. means that they've so got bad, good, good brand recognition. Right. And there, there's always, you know, in any business, um, 99% of the people are going to be amazing, but there's always that 1% that think they can take advantage of the public, especially pageant girls, you know, that we, we look at people um, and we, we, we do give them the benefit of the doubt, Stephen. We, we think that we can make the world a better place. Why else would we be competing? Because we want to make the world a better place. So we think that directors are the same way, right? But not all of them are, unfortunately. No, that's that's definitely the case. Now, wh- what should every reputable pageant have? Give the girls a checklist that they can just kind of go down through. So definitely an up-to-date website. Um, a social media handle, at least one. I mean, social media is how we, everyone does business these days. If you don't have social media, something is probably kind of sketchy about the organization. Uh, when you sign up, you should have an application that has everything that's going to go on in the pageant. Um, cancellation policy, if the pageant is going to cancel, if, if there's a possibility that it cancels, what's going to happen? Will you get a refund? Will you get a recompete the next year? How are they going to handle that? Make sure that clause is in there. Uh, a responsive director, obviously, uh, if you're immediately, if the director is not responding to you, then t- you can go find another pageant. There's hundreds and you can find that at the pageant planet. Um, and then also, you know, some type of LLC or production company, something that is legitimate, that's running the pageant, you know, not someone from their, their garage or something. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, well I, I mean, great businesses that have started from garages, but <laughs> Well, and, and you bring up a valid point because everybody does have to start from somewhere. I mean, me, I started in my crappy apartment in Atlanta, Georgia, but like, but if, um, the, the pageant that you're competing in, yeah, maybe they're in their garage, but that's just a warning sign. But if it's, they're in their garage, but they're super responsive and everything else online looks professional. Okay. That maybe take a risk. If they're in the garage, non-responsive, images are really crappy, no working logo or anything like that, save your money and like let them prove themselves a year or two and then consider um, competing a few years down the road. But yeah, all of those are just warning signs. And if you have two or three warning signs, you can pretty much build up a case that you're going to be in your best bet to take your money elsewhere. Absolutely, Stephen. <laughs> so... Name some of the qualities of a director that should be present in a good pageant system. Okay. And I've said this probably a couple times already, but timely, timely is key. They need to respond to you when you have questions, when you have concerns, if they're not responding to you at this stage, how are they going to be at the pageant? You know, so make sure they're timely, respectful, um, that they treat you with dignity and respect. They don't belittle you or, um, you know, I've heard of, you know, it's kind of sad that this happens, but directors that are mean to their delegates, I don't know why that happens, but they need to respect you. Um, someone that's accountable, um, when they say they're going to send you a, a, a sash and crown and it's going to be there in two weeks, that's when it happens, not six months down the road. Oh, yeah, I guess it got lost in the mail. 
And then, you know, just honesty. You want someone that's going to be honest with you. You don't catch them in lies. If they make promises, they're going to keep them. Again, that's setting the tone for the pageant system in itself. You don't want to be caught up in a system where, you know, the director is always making excuses and it isn't accountable for their actions. Right. And and the other thing with that is if they do miss a deadline, they're responsive about like, oh my gosh, missed the deadline. Here's why. My bad. New company. Lesson learned. Here's the new deadline. Um, and then secondly, with that is, I mean, I just, I hired a company. The I mean, it was two weeks ago. And now I'm already looking for another company and like firing this one because they're so defensive when you're just asking questions. Mm. And it's like their integrity is on the line because I'm asking clarifying questions. And so if someone is that um, insecure about where they are, they're not going to be an enjoyable experience because, I mean, as the title holder, if you win that title, you got to hang around that director all year. Right. You'll be be miserable if they're not a good person, (laughs) right? You don't want to pay for that privilege. No, Uh, definitely not. And and I would just encourage, too, um, the girls that are looking to uh, compete in a new pageant that ultimately the pageant director works for you. Just like, I mean, the people that advertise with my website, I work for them. Like, you know, they are my boss, right? It's not the other way around. And a lot of pageant girls get it twisted. They, you giving the pageant director money. And then you also assume that you work for the pageant director. And that's not to like necessarily take advantage of the pageant director, right? Everybody needs to treat everybody with respect but what it does mean is you can make your own decisions. Like, especially I see this a lot in the Miss America, um, the locals where the local pageant directors or the state pageant director will put your foot, put their foot down, and say, no, you're wearing this dress. Well, no, it's the girl's competition. The girl can choose whatever dress she wants to wear. Right. <laughs> Ultimately, she's paying for this privilege. Right. Okay, so what should someone do if they're already committed to competing and then they're kind of, you know, like me with the marketing, me with this marketing company, something feels off and you're just like, oh, that did not get into a right situation. Yeah, I always tell people, you know, follow your gut, right? Um, Stop and assess what what's going on. How much have you paid into the system already? Um, And then, of course, before you come to this point too, make sure that you always, uh, before you sign that application, before you sign that contract, what is their policy on cancellation? Um, A lot of uh, fees are usually uh, non-refundable, but make sure uh, if something should happen, uh, how can you get out of it? Can you talk to the director about your concerns? What exactly is bothering you? But you want to stop right there because you don't want to continue down that path if you don't feel right about it. Uh, Usually your gut's right, right? Um, it's never really led me in the wrong direction. Uh, when I was sitting in those pageants and I felt something was going wrong, something was going wrong, and that's why I ended up leaving. So, <laughs> yeah, <there's, laughs> <All> your- <laughs> yeah, trust the gut. I mean, there's some really interesting research out there that says that your body, it's your lie detector test. Um, I think every woman has probably felt this when a guy was hitting on her and like, I don't think his intentions are pure right now. <laughs> so use that same logic when deciding what pageant you're going to compete in. Very good idea. <laughs> now, um, many pageant systems, they require fees to enter. How can someone tell the difference between like a real pageant 
and like those fees and a scam? So a legitimate pageant, they're going to tell you what the fees are and they're going to tell you what those fees are going to cover. Like in my system, hey, this is going to cover your hotel while you're at the, the, uh, the pageant. Um, it's going to cover your ad page, your sash and crown, this experience while you're there. Um, and of course, everything's going to be in writing, um, invoices, receipts, everything's going to be in writing. Um, again, do they look credible? Um, are they doing something shady? How is their website looking? I mean, even look and see uh, they've started. They said they've started in, say, like 2008. Do they have a list of like people that have won? Do they have queens? Uh, where are these people? <laughs> uh, overall, do they look credible? Um, uh, sometimes I'll just be like, hey, it's this fee. And, and there's really and I noticed, too, um, with the the shady business that's going on, directors will be super responsive to you uh, as soon as uh, you pay them. And then after you pay them, that's when they stop responding. That's that's a red flag right there. Completely. <laughs> Now, is there anything that could be done if the pageant doesn't follow through with the competition um, and the fees have already been paid? Like, for example, you already pay in full and then you just get a random email that from the pageant director and they'll usually blame the venue. Like, oh, the venue double booked us. It got canceled. You know, something like that. I mean, but it's always the venue's fault. They'll never just blame themselves. What can the pageant title or what can a pageant girl do? If that happens, well, definitely go straight to the director in that that application that you signed. Right. What was their policy about cancellation? Uh, are you going to get an automatic entry into their next pageant? Are you going to get a refund? Ultimately, you invested in this business and you either deserve to compete or you deserve to get your money back. Um, make sure that everything is always in print before you commit or pay anything. Um, and I, I keep saying that, but it really is true. We like to believe in the best in people, but leaving that paper trail, it's so, so very important because if something should happen and they, they end up being shady, if you have a paper trail, you can end up, you know, taking that to a legal office and they can work with you because it's not, he said, she said, it's legitimate. Hey, this is what was promised. And this is what happened. Um, no paper trail. Uh, there's no evidence. Right. Right. Completely. Um, the staff that works for me, there's one person in particular, he oversees all of our e-commerce. He's our king of e-commerce. And he is most trustworthy person on the planet. But we have a very clear paper trail of all the tra transactions that takes place on the store. And we do that just because if there's any kind of a doubt that comes in my mind, we can always go back to the paper trail and we can prove what it is that we did so that it doesn't hurt our relationship. Because, you know, I mean, we've all kind of had the devil on our shoulder whispering whatever. And then you're like, I don't know if I did that many transactions last week. You know, but he's saying that we owe for this. And, and Paper Trail just helps gain that clarity. And honestly, and again, Rachel, you know this, one pageant girl, a few hundred dollars, you're going to spend way more in legal fees than you ever will to get that money back. Exactly. So, yeah. So if you do invest in a bad pageant director, I mean, one, I hate to say this, but almost chalk it up as a life lesson or yeah. two. I mean, if you know that 20 other girls did it like same, then maybe you can all like create a strategy amongst all 20 of you to go after the pageant director because there's strength in numbers. 
Right. And then, you know, making sure that uh, that doesn't happen to anyone else. Right. Yeah. Um, making sure you you network, spread the word, make sure some this doesn't happen again. You know, if they've done it once, they'll probably do it again. And if they're making money doing it like that and uh, canceling on people last minute and keeping the money, you know, what are they losing in it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, if they have, they have a system, they can just throw up a different name next year, and you know. But you can't hide from the internet. So if your name's out there, then um, and contestants Google the director's name, that their luck will run out soon. That is one thing I've noticed about the pageant community is the pageant sisters. We take really good care of each other. Um, so if you do something wrong, <laughs> you're gonna have a whole band of crowns and sashes coming after you. So. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm so thankful for the pageant, uh, the pageant network, because that's one of the big reasons how pageant plan has grown is because everybody just talking about it, referring it back and forth. And it also could work to your detriment. I knew that like I had five sisters growing up. And if you tell one of them, dear Lord, everyone knew within a very short amount of time. <laughs> so very dangerous to be doing shady business and pageantry. Um, Absolutely. So, okay. Does a pageant, like speaking of just money and all that, does a pageant need to have a prize package to be considered trustworthy? Well, I mean, Stephen, it really can, really matters on what, what you yourself are looking for. Now, I've seen pageants that have some great prize packages. Some, hey, you just have the honor of being that title holder and you get to travel throughout the year. And you might have some sponsors that will help you throughout the way, um, but not necessarily. Honestly, you have to ask yourself, what exactly are you competing for? Are you competing for money or are you competing uh, for a title that's going to enable you to expand that platform that you've been working along? Um, is the title going to be enough for you? So yes and no on that. Got it. Are pageants sometimes too good to be true? I think so. Um, if, if they're advertising some crazy amount, like, hey, if you win the pageant, you're going to win $20,000. And, you know, uh, the other runners up, the 10 runners up, they're also going to win 10K. You know, it's, it's probably too good to be true. I mean, at the end of the day, pageants are businesses too. And I, it's very unlikely for them to be giving away such a huge chunk of their earnings like that. So I would think that's <laughs> yeah. too good to be. Yeah, well, completely. And just make sure that if any prizes seem too good to be true, that you're not the first girl to take, like to be competing for that prize. Like there should be a track record of like last year, a girl competed that for that prize and she's already gotten it. Not, Oh, the director said I would get it at the end of my reign. No. Prize money is paid up when you win, like <laughs> on the spot or that week, you know, whatever you have uh, for the for the director. But I mean, prize money should be paid like when you win. Right. And, I, and I've seen it in some contracts where uh, just making sure that the title holder goes through with their contract, they'll pay them maybe half when they win and half at the end of their reign when they actually return, make sure that they return to the pageant. But um, at least that's legitimate, not, um, hey, you're going to get it uh, at the end of your reign. You do a good job. <laughs> well, yeah. And there's some people, like there's some uh, directors and some pageants that I was more involved with early on, but I heard from the girls, they just, they didn't get what they were promised. And they're great people. They're still in business. They're still, and I, I don't know if they're still 
like giving the prize packages or, or not or giving it in its full, some of it, it's just they're not maybe good at organization or good at managing their money or whatever. But And the girls are too shy to speak up. And we have articles on the site that says, okay, this is how you can professionally go like not after the director, but have a conversation with the director and say, Hey, I won this prize money. How can I get it? You know, in a way that's, it'll be uncomfortable because it's confrontation, but in a way that's not going to, um, you know, jeopardize the integrity of the director or cause you to threaten them with attorneys right off the bat. Or, you know, it's just having that open conversation. Which you should be able to do with your director. Anyway, they should be approachable. You should be able to talk to them. Um, and especially that prize package should be written in the contract anyway. Uh, I, I noticed too what happens. Uh, there'll be people that drop out last minute. And, you know, a pageant is run by its entry fees unless they already have a nice uh, little chunk of dough set up before the pageant. And, you know, usually if you are going to give a cash prize, um, you're going to announce it maybe a month or two before the system actually takes place because you know by then you know <laughs> that you will be able to offer it. You know, if they're, they're, ch- they're spouting it out at the very beginning, unless they already have that, uh, what are the odds of them actually getting it in case people drop out, you know, unforeseen circumstances that happens. Yeah. And I mean, speaking of directors, like as a whole, it is the most challenging job. I mean, you got to wear so many hats. You got to be an event organizer. You got to be a marketer. You have to be a salesperson. You have to basically be a PR person for your title holder once they win. I mean, uh, a little bit of a designer when it comes to crowns and sashes and like the stage and the choreographer and and, and all these different hats. So uh, the odds are against you, Rachel, that you're going to mess up somewhere, somehow in the event. I mean, it's, it's like, the odds are so stacked against you. So hats off to any director like yourself that can run a professional organization and that can keep all the parts moving in the right direction. And even though like there are some just kind of shady systems out there and that's what we're focusing on, it's not the norm. It it isn't the norm, but there are girls that get, it's kind of like the girls who buy the counterfeit dresses online that think that they're buying the real thing. You know, it doesn't happen to the vast majority of the girls, but it does happen. So we really wanted to cover it here because, you know, to protect yourself from yourself. So Rachel, with, with your organization, the Mrs. and Ms. Earth organization, I know that people can go and find your organization on the pageant planet under find a pageant, but what are some of the other social media channels that you're most active on? What's your website URL Give them the deets so that they can connect with you online. Well, for we're big fans of Facebook. We've been growing on Facebook. So our handle on Facebook is Mrs. and Miss Earth Organization. And that's Ms. MS. And then uh, our website is Mrs. and Miss Earth org, And you can find all the details there. You can sign up. You can ask questions. I'm a very responsive director. <laughs> nice. <laughs> It'd be very bad for you if you were not after this interview. <laughs> Right. Well, I look at it too, Stephen, in that um, I've had some great directors and some not so great directors, and I've taken all of those qualities, and I, I want to make sure that my queens and my delegates have the experience that you know. In some of these situations, I wish I could have could have had. 
Um, I want them to have the most amazing year with the Mrs. and Miss Earth organization. So that's how I look forward. And it breaks my heart when I see uh, directors out there that aren't doing the right thing. But as far as our organization goes, uh, we treat every girl with respect and dignity because they are queens. Well, and, and I'll say this. I, I don't, I feel like contestants make the best directors because they know what it's like to be on the other side. And there are some nationally televised pageant systems out there that they put on a very great event. But then after the event, the girl does not hear from them. The state title holder does not hear from at all from the director. And that's also something to consider. And I know the rule of thumb is an interview is not to bring up a new point at the conclusion of the interview. However, it it is something to consider. Um, are you going to have that ongoing relationship with the director? Are they going to help you find um, appearances? Are they going to help you like prepare for a international title if that's even applicable? So, um, yeah, I mean, I just really just applaud the effort that you are doing. Uh, inside of your organization and again i'm just wishing you the best of luck and the best of success oh thank you Stephen. again it was such an honor to talk to you today i remember when i first started out it was your uh, the pageant planet following you on facebook and your hilarious videos about being a pageant girl that really uh, inspired me to compete so again an honor to be on your show and thank you for what you do you make pageant girls lives and directors and anyone involved in the pageant industry their life just a little bit better. Want to ask your questions to the title holders and professionals we interview? Become a VIP girl today and get unlimited coaching from the pageant planet. Plus, ask as many questions as you'd like for only $47.